choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, what up, boys and girls? This is uh, Kells. Thanks for asking Kells Radio. This is episode 120. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. I had a really good day today. Um, I, uh, I did so at my job. You know how like jobs have these different affinity groups? And I belong to the gay one and the veteran one, but I have not been really active because a lot of the stuff they do, they do after work. And, you know, they got time to go. It's time to go. I got gym. I got the programs to watch. I don't remember doing the after work shit. You want me at something, they got to be during the day so I can leave my desk. But um, I, I've been saying, as part of my ongoing, uh, uh, what, uh, drive to try and be more social. You niggas know I do not like people, and I certainly don't like work people. But I've been trying to say I'm gonna put on my superhero cape and go out and be fucking the fly nigga that I am. So anyway, we did recruiting today. At my old, well, it was the Fordham Business School, but it was record, it was recruiting for MBAs and, and JDs, so I'm a Fordham Law grad, so I offered to go. So I'm in a good mood, because I like, I don't necessarily like recruiting, but like, the job, so I, I may not have said before, but when I was in the Marine Corps, I was an education officer, and basically that's the person who like, when you're in the uh, military, like if you want to take classes or go to school or any kind of thing, like you need your paperwork signed, it's like basically a guidance counselor for um, Marines, so I did that in um, in the Marines, and I liked it a lot, because you know, a lot of, I knew a lot about college, and they didn't, but you know, when somebody wants to, like, better themselves or go to school, I'm always down to help them. And then I did that, I uh, belonged to this organization for a little bit when I was in Philly that was helping um, veterans do transition. So it's something I like a lot because veterans, we get the we get the short end of the stick. We're very qualified, highly capable, some of the best people. And, like, you go to these job interviews and these motherfucking corporate bitch-ass niggas that be, like, 25 and ain't did shit be looking at you like you shot the sheriff and, like, you got to impress them and, like, well, what's so great about fucking putting your life on the line and risking, you know, your life and leadership and all the people you, all the money you handle and all the logistics you move and all the lot. What's so big a deal about that? I went to Harvard. So um, it can be very discouraging and you have to learn the language and you have to, you have to, make a transition, the military is very about team, it's not about we, they don't like you to be, they like you to be humble, they like you to not take credit, you always have to give credit for your team, you're not supposed to stick your chest out, you're supposed to be very demure and like, hey, I'm just doing my duty and that don't work in the corporate world and you need somebody to just tell you that, so I, I, I love working with veterans because, you know we some of the best people out here and, and we get treated like fucking wet food stamps and because people are just ignorant and, and arrogant and, and don't understand what all we provide and what all we sacrifice and what all we bring to the table. So I really like it and um, I was there all day today, talked to a few veterans, saw a longtime friend of mine that I got to reconnect with. Um, so it was really cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Um, so let's go. This is episode 120. Um, so, uh, what should we do? Yours in negritude. Um, uh, this is the part, I just be so trying to prepare the content that I always forget my yours in negritude. Um, I'm not gonna give it to Rihanna again. She did her Fenty Beauty launch in London. Um, but I already gave it to her for the New York and it was kind of the same thing. Um, so, who should I give it to? I don't think I have one this week. I mean, it's only went. Nah, I don't. I don't think so. So, I don't know. No yours and negative this week. So, let's move us on to current events. And, um, well, let's start with end of days. Apparently, we are in them. Um, so there's been there was Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, now Hurricane H I J Juan Julio. Jimenez, I don't know, something with the J is, is tore up the 
uh, Dominica. Listen, one thing this hurricane season has uh, educated me on is mad fucking islands that I did not. I ain't never heard of no Barbuda before Irma. Dominica never heard of. I I thought they was just a short for Dominican Republic. It's it's all these little islands. I'm sorry, geography is not my strong suit. I know the main joints. I know Jamaica, Barbados, uh, Bermuda, uh, Bahamas, Cuba. The main joints. <laughs> Them little tiny, I could not tell you. So it's uh, educating me to this. I mean, you know, Martinique, St. Bart's. I know the French ones, but some of them other ones, the major French ones, I was like, the where, the who, um, have been torn apart by hurricanes. There's more coming. Um, global warming is real. The air is heating up, and these hurricanes are just rolling through. Like, okay, y'all, y'all want to, y'all, a bitch is fake? Okay, I got you fake. Um, we roll deep. Uh, we roll uh, one right after the other, and you can't beat us. So these category, these hurricanes are coming through at Category 4 and Category 5. Massive destructive hurricanes. Bar- Barbuda is wiped flat. Dominica, wiped flat. Uh, Puerto Rico without the entire... So after Irma... Irma didn't. Irma turned at the last second and didn't hit Puerto Rico super hard, so they got saved from that, and they only have lost power somewhere. Well... They didn't get so lucky with Julio or Juan or whoever the fuck to hit the whole island, and now they all without power. And, um, you know, Puerto Rico is a, is a U.S. territory, but you, your president don't give a goddamn and ain't sent nothing there. Um, yeah, then there's earthquake in Mexico City. Um, you know, it's looking very biblical. I mean, you know, I'm not, some people are really on that, oh, it's the end of days. I mean, it's been the end of days since the beginning of days. Um, all these floods and pestilence and that stuff has always been happening, but I'm sure. Now, the earthquake, you know, they have those big earthquakes every now and then. Every one they had was in 85. They keep saying the big one is coming to California. Um, so, I mean, I'm assuming that it is. They have quakes. Um, sometimes, so the, the one that was in California might have been, sometimes they have pre-quakes. The one that was in California might have been the prequake for this one in Mexico City. Then even after the big ones, you sometimes have aftershocks, so don't be surprised if there was another one. Um, earthquakes, I don't know if y'all never been in one. I, I've been in two. When I first went, um, first time I went to California, I was in uh, Northern California, Monterey, at the language school, and an earthquake woke me up, shook me up out of my bed, and I was like, what the fuck? I cannot describe. I've been in a, I've seen a tornado, never been in it. Been in plenty of hurricanes. Hurricanes. Actually, that's a lie. I have not been in hurricanes, but I've been in... By the time they get up here, they're tropical storms. But, you know, we know what a hurricane is. It's wind and rain. Tornado is is a funnel cloud. But listen, my nigga, when the ground gets to shaking, it's it's other. It's That's some other shit. It's levels. Like, it this, this um, combobulates you... Like no other, like there's no way I can explain the feeling, but like you, the ground is literally shaking. So if you've ever been, imagine, I don't know if anybody's ever been in an explosion or near an explosion or felt like, I don't know, any kind of rumble where like a building shakes, but it's the building shaking, right? It's not the ground. Now imagine that on the ground and you ain't nowhere you can go. It's the whole ground is shaking. The first earthquake shook me out of my bed. I mean, nigga, shook me out of my bed. Back and forth, the bed is shaking. Shook me out the bed. What the fuck? Then the second one was in L.A. It wasn't as um, violent as the one I had up in North, but it still was like it shot. You walk and all of a sudden the ground is moving, and you be like, "What the fuck? What? You don't know if it's a dragon about to come about this bitch? Is it Satan about to come about this bitch? Is it an alien invasion? What the fuck is going on? Like, why is the ground moving? Is this shit about to open up and drop me down to hell? Like, like I deserve? You know? <laughs> like, what is going on? It's it's whack. It is very whack. People in California try to tell you it's no big deal. Oh, hurricanes are way worse. I ain't never been no hurricane, but I promise you, um, it's not. Like you can get you can get in a basement. There's ways to get away from a hurricane. Ain't no way to get away from the earth shaking. It's the most terrifying thing ever. And none of them two I was in was no goddamn seven point one. So I can't even imagine. So once you the major ones like usually the tremors. The one I was in, I think the one. I think the one when I was there, they said it was a five, which is fairly moderate. I think once once you get up in the sixes and the sevens, that's that's major though. That's knocking down buildings like we've seen in in, in Mexico City, high death toll. That's that's a major thing. But 
Ooh, God bless some people. I've been in two earthquakes. I do not never want to be in one. It's horrifying. It's a horrifying experience. It's worse than anything. And I've been in fucking Afghanistan. I'm telling y'all, it's terrible. This <laughs> is the worst feeling. You feel so helpless. It's only thing I can compare it to is if you've ever been, y'all ever go on one of them rides at the um at the amusement park, like the roller coaster or that thing you get in the ball and they shoot you up. You know that second when they first drop you and that second where your stomach rises and you just feel and you weightless and you just that split second before they drop you and all that pressure hits you, that's how it feels and that split second but for goes on for minutes. Like you never you never get past that to the to the drop where you like, oh okay, now we fall and now you brace yourself for the fall. It's always that one second when it first goes and your stomach rises up to your neck and you just like what then you rise up off your seat a little bit and you, that's how an earthquake feels. Plus, you're trying to stand up and shit be falling down all around you. Horrible. So, um, God bless those people. In the days, I mean, I just think it's global warming and that we're doing all this um, fracking and it's a lot of shit. And then, I mean, earthquakes happen. Like, things happen. And, and we forget in America, we kind of spoil. My friend told me this um, that's from uh, Singapore. She was like, these tornadoes and floods and stuff that y'all tripping out about, she was like, that happened to us every year. We get flooded out all the time between the monsoons and our, you know, um, all the, like, they don't have the infrastructure and stuff that we have. She was like, we get them torrential rains. We be flooded all the time. So you got to put things in perspective. It just seemed like a lot because it's us. But this stuff happens all over the world all the time. They get flooded. They get typhoons. Anytime there's a tremor in Japan, they get a typhoon where lots of people die. So, you know, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on the end of days. But, I mean, definitely global warming is definitely having an effect on these hurricanes and making them form easier and they're more stronger because the air is warmer so they're able to hold their strength longer and they're lingering longer so I don't know what to tell if you don't believe in global warming um real real quick y'all's glorious leader threatened North Korea with war at the UN speech you dumb motherfuckers that voted for this nigga gonna get all of us killed, and that's why I'm not even pressed about paying my bills and shit, cause I just don't think we gonna make it, I don't mean to be fatalistic, but I mean, I just I, I don't see how we gonna get through this without some kind of major war with Russia or China or the Korea, North Korea or both, I mean we do we ain't had no major war, these little fucking bullshit wars we've been doing, been some bullshit wars, World War II was the last major um, war we had, and I, maybe it's good for us because we need to get a lot of you niggas dumb and um, wouldn't make it out, and, and maybe that's what we need. Like, it's just too many dummies surviving. So, uh, that's all I want to say on that. Um, moving on. So, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to do first, but I'll do this one first. So, Kevin Hart extortion scheme. Once again, not gonna say too much about that. We all know the story by now. He cheating with his second wife that he cheated on his first wife with, with a hooker. And she tried to extort him for $10 million. Sis. $10 million. Who, what, who, who sent you to the dummy school of extortionists? $10 million? You might as well ask for $100 million. Ain't nobody giving you... I don't give a fuck. You could, I could be fucking a goat with my hair on fire. I'm not paying you $10 million. That is a lot of fucking money. I don't give a fuck about no sex tape like that. I got all this money. I, my wife is not gonna leave me. Or I guarantee you. And even if she do, so what? I still got all this money. <laughs> I mean, I, $10 million. You... If you come to me... So, Kevin did not pay it, and he filmed this public apology, which I thought was unnecessary, like, my niggas, and, um, you know, you're embarrassing your wife, you're putting her business in the street, maybe she wanted to keep that quiet, now she got TMZ followers, very, I just didn't see the need for it, if you're not gonna pay the money, what you fucking making public apologies for, the FBI's in on, see, if it was me, this how you know niggas head don't be in the game, this how you know Kevin Hart ain't really built for this, Kevin Hart is five feet tall, he got money now, so he's getting women, but you could tell that he wasn't getting it before from how he moves, because what you should have did, this is extortion, like, this is an official extortion plan, the FBI's involved in everything, that's how it came to be. They, they, because extortion, duh, is illegal. Stupid bitch, that's trying to throw you, trying to throw a press conference over extortion. She gave some goddamn speech about how it's about cheating and he got to be honest and all that. Bitch, you wanted some money and you asked for too much. But what he should have done, all I, all he had to say, I wouldn't have made no goddamn public nothing. When that shit got released, 
Anytime they ask me, um, I'm a victim of a crime. The FBI is involved. That's all I can say. I can't speak to it. I, I don't know the details. I just know the FBI contacted me, said I was victim of a crime. It's a federal investigation now. That's it. I'll flip that shit like a motherfucker. I ain't telling you shit. I ain't giving no goddamn public policy, nothing. I'm acting like, you see, Usher still ain't said nothing about giving people the herpes. And I think he did give people the herpes. Because ain't, ain't still ain't Nantes came out saying, look, I ain't got herpes. Because that's what you're going to do if somebody going to accuse you. He right now. Uh, meeting with them women to settle or give them whatever money they want to have. So, I ain't no way in hell I would have ever made no public policy. I would have played victim like a motherfucker. But, sis, you come to me talking about $10 million, my counter offer to you is going to be one. If she would have made, first of all, that tape, a cheating tape of anybody with the kind of money that Kevin Hart got ain't worth, is worth 150k tops, and that's tops, and this, that's if, I don't know, you got my dick on tape, or you, it's something, I don't know, just something very embarrassing to me that I just really don't want to get out, ain't even about to cheat, and I just, I don't want that shit to get out, that's tops, that bitch is broke, you know she broke because she asked for 10 million dollars, she ain't no motherfucking, uh, business woman, because a business woman would have asked, if you asked for fucking 100, you might have got it, he might have paid you, because what's 100k? I mean, tops 200, 250K. He might have paid you. Because that's nothing to Kevin Hart. $10 million, bitch, are you crazy? I don't give a fuck. You can have me on tape fucking puppies. I'm not giving you no $10 million. You can have somebody kill for way cheaper than that. I watch ID every day. It's people killing each other for two bottles of Oxycontin. $10 million? Please. I'll make you and your whole family disappear for $10 million. So, these is just, neither one of y'all knew what the fuck y'all was doing. Sis, you should have asked for 100K, 200K. If it was me... I would have gave you 50 stacks, and that's being generous, because you probably could have got rid of her for 10 or 20, because, again, she's broke and don't know nothing. But, you know, because I just want to be fair, and, and, and you know, I just I just want you fucking gone. I would have offered you 50K. You signed this NDA. I'm going to give you 50K cash. You ain't did shit. You just made $50,000. Take this fucking money and go. And I bet not, if I ever see this case, I'm coming after you, I'm going to take everything you ever own, and you, you ain't never going to be able, I'm going I'm to take so much from you, you ain't never going to be own nothing again. Anytime you try to own something, that shit going to repel out of your hands. I'm like, oh, bitch, nah, you, I, I, you ain't even allowed to own nothing. It's in the fucking atmosphere. The fucking protons don't even attach to your ass. That's how much you ain't allowed to own shit. That's what I would have did. This whole thing was just, just dumb from the beginning, an amateur operation. You should not have exposed your wife like that. Like, she should have had a choice in how you apologize. And I'm and I, and just like, why is grown people putting their business on the Instagram? What the fuck? And people keep saying, oh, social media change. Everybody got social media. Everybody in the world got social media. I know mad people got social media. It's not social media. It's you, nigga. You went, you, y'all motherfuckers is retarded. I do. I put a whole lot on social media. I do, but I put about point zero 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 one percent of my life on social. You can't tell shit about me from what I put on social media. I'm not putting none of my real business on social media like that. It's like, come on, man. I'm not buying that. Oh, it's social media. No, you just a motherfucking dumbass. You don't have no control. You don't know what's appropriate. You don't know what's supposed to be public and what's not. Y'all have no tact. Y'all have no cooth. Y'all have no ethics. And and your whole life is on social media. Come on, man. What are you doing? Y'all put so much on there between the tweets, the snaps, the Instagrams, the whatever else is ain't no vines, Instagram stories. I don't know, whatever new shit they got out now, y'all put so much, niggas be on taking shits, what are you doing? What is wrong, who raised y'all? And it ain't about social media, I'm not, every time some new technology come along, they want to blame shit on new technology, oh, it's them goddamn CDs, got these crackheads out here, they stealing for CDs, shut up. It's people, it's people, that's why I say we might need another war, because you motherfuckers have lost your minds. Um, yeah, that's, but this is just an a amateur operation from beginning to end from the 10 million dollars to the public apology to the whole thing, girl talking about she get, she been represented by Lisa Bloom sis, extortion is a crime you are admitting to a crime like, what the fuck are you doing and it might even be felony extortion when you asking for 10 million dollars I know Kevin Hart hung that phone right up and was like um, FBI, hi, listen let me tell you, Linda, honey, listen um, I'm not paying the five or the ten, so, um, just wanted to let y'all know a crime has occurred, y'all might want to investigate. I haven't read any stories to see, I, but I actually think, I think, 
I don't know. Did he call it FBI? I think he did. I, I haven't. I you know I didn't really care enough to read the actual story of how it all went down, but um. And you know I don't get all caught. I, I don't. Let me clear because some people seem to be getting me fucked up. I'm not saying you should cheat. I don't advocate cheating at all. Um, I just think people. Some people get really upset about that, and they wrap their whole like self esteem and relation. I really don't because. I just, I know that cheating all the time is not about a deficiency. It's not about you not doing this or doing that. A lot of people make it about them. I mean, it's not all the time about that. People just want to fuck other people sometimes. Because, you know, I'm a rich nigga and I got all these bad bitches. kind of like what I was saying with the 444 thing. Like, you don't know the access that Jay-Z has. You don't know the kind of women that he's the best of the best of the best. Women you don't even, you couldn't even imagine exist. How beautiful they are. And his face throwing that shit at him. So, if you slide off in one, it don't mean you don't love your wife. It don't mean, I understand you got married and your vows and all that. I, I get it. But I don't, some people just... There's been so many studies done that show that infidelity is not necessarily about being dissatisfied. Sometimes it is. It's not necessarily about they don't love you anymore. Sometimes it is. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't get as, as, I don't get as broken up about it as some now. Don't have me out here looking stupid. Don't be out here just cheating and acting like, you know, having, just fucking everybody. I mean, you might as well be single if that's what you're going to do. But, you know, and at those tax brackets, certainly, because I tell you what, and this ain't gonna be a very feminist statement, but I really understand how these girls just marry these 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 dudes and just let them, because I swear to God, I watch these fucking Instagrams and these shows with these bitches going around in Bentleys and on yachts and just chilling all the time, and that shit look a way lot better than getting up at 5.30 every day to go to work. I swear to God it does, and I'm sorry if that don't sound, I'm sorry if that sound like a punk bitch, a weak bitch, whatever, but like, yo, I... I get it. I, 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 I get it. I, I, I don't know if I could do it, but I get it. I get it. Like, so the nigga just, you, you gotta, you living in a billion dollar house, you, you, whatever you want is at your fingertips. You don't have to want for anything. You, um, what's it, Vanessa Bryant, that beautiful house they live in, you got your kids, anything you want. Y'all been all over the world. And so this nigga busting this girl face one time, like, I'm gonna give all that up. Please be born discreet don't bring home no babies, and just don't let me find nothing out, and I'm sorry, I just, I get it, I, I really do, because, uh, this, this working every day is for the birds, um, and I'm sorry, I know I'm probably, I'm probably letting Nas down, but y'all give it a little bit longer, y'all might see what I'm saying, I mean, get, don't get me wrong, some of these girls just waste it, like, they don't do shit but sit around, I'm gonna be happy, you know, I'm gonna have, my little, take my little money or whatever, look, nigga, don't buy me no bag, give me that 30 grand, let me invest in this tech company, let me start this startup, or let me go do, you know, start a production company, whatever I'm, I'm gonna do, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna do stuff, but, like, not going in and working for white people all day, that's not what I'm gonna be doing, so, you know, I don't know, everybody got choices in life, make yours, let everybody else make theirs, but the nonsense going around about this, but I will say this, though, and I do believe this, again, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to, first of all, I don't be caring about the streets and y'all relationships and all of that, but I will say that I, there is one thing, because people was like, ah, uh, I know his first wife is feels redeemed, I don't know if she do, well, she do, because she posts something on Instagram, and, you know, a lot of people, if y'all separated, if y'all separated, y'all on the way to divorce, y'all not gonna get back together, y'all separated, I'm not one of these people, oh, y'all was still married, because I think that's silly, because if the relationship is over, and the bond is over, and we're not gonna do this anymore, it take a long time to get divorced, it's expensive, you gotta file paperwork, you gotta wait, I'm not gonna call somebody a cheater, because, you know, it's eight months, y'all been separated for eight months, and the paperwork just ain't final yet, so technically, you still married, but you done moved on with your life, and they done moved on with theirs, you know, this these technical... I'm not gonna call you, I don't care about that, you know, that's different than y'all in a full relationship, and y'all, you know, y'all married or whatever, and and she thinking, you cheating, basically, but I will say, though, that one thing I will say about cheating and cheaters that, that I've come to know is true, um, cheaters cheat, 
and it doesn't, there's always a woman who thinks, oh, well, he just cheated on her, he's not going to cheat on me, because, you know, of course, he's telling you everything that's wrong with this girl and that girl, and of course, that's why he's cheating on her, it's all of that, it's her fault, but no, cheaters cheat, so I'm, I, I don't really buy into a lot of old wives' tale, but, but that is one, I'm never surprised when somebody cheats on somebody and then gets with somebody else and also cheats, I'm never shocked, because one thing that I do know is true, that a, 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 per, a nigga who cheats with you will cheat on you. They cheat. They don't respect the boundaries, no matter how silly they are, you may think they are. They don't respect the boundaries, because, you know, in cheating, that's a defined term, because everybody has different, 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 different definitions of it, and I think a lot of people have a lot of stress and a lot of bad relationships, because y'all have unrealistic expectations of relationships, and this whole, we gonna be married for 30, 40 years, and it's only gonna, I just don't think that's realistic, so I think the people who actually define, you know, what they are and what they ain't gonna get upset about, what is gonna be cheating and what is not gonna be cheating, actually do a lot better than these ones who insist on this uh, monogamy and all that stuff, that, I just don't think it's realistic, that's something that's been imposed on people by religion, and you know, I'm not gonna get off in all of that, but, you know, I just think that the reason why relationships and marriage is in such a sad state that it's in is because people are trying to force things that are not natural and they're not to be. And if you be just better served, just defining your relationship how you want it. Listen, when you go out of town or when you on tour or whatever it is, I know you're going to be sleeping with groupies. I don't need to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. Don't get nobody pregnant, like whatever. Like, I'm not going to consider that cheating. It is what it is. That way, if one of these groupies want to decide to send you a video or send you a snap, you ain't losing your motherfucking mind. That's just me. Some people, they can't, you know, their whole self-worth and their whole value is wrapped up in their relationship and this dude not, you know, just not sleeping with nobody else. And I just don't think that's realistic. I'm sorry. Sue me. I just don't. I think people would be a lot happier if they just really be honest about what it is that's going on and conduct their relationship that way. And those are the relationships that actually really last and are very healthy, if you notice. So, moving off that, I really didn't want to talk about it that long. What I really want to talk about is the Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Globin fight that everybody seen. Well, not everybody casual fans of boxing, and I'm calling y'all casual fans of boxing because that's what y'all are, seem to be upset about and seem to think Golovkin was robbed. I do not. I don't think he was robbed. I think that was a great draw. I think that was an outstanding fight. I think that was a great draw. Um, boxing is my favorite sport of all time. I, I like it better than football. I like it better than basketball. Like, it is my favorite sport. I have always liked it from way back when my father was a fan. Of, I told y'all he knew Muhammad Ali. He was a fan of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is my favorite person ever, athlete person ever on the face of the earth. Um, I just think he was just, like, the best, the greatest of all time. Um, and I just love boxing. And I'm a fan of boxing, and I, and, and I understand the skill of boxing right, and a lot of the reason why people don't think boxing is boring or like UFC is because they don't understand that this is skill, they just want to see people fighting, and that's fine, I understand that, but boxing is a skill, it is a skill that it takes years to practice, um, I know y'all think people just in there throwing punches, but they're not, there's a proper way to throw every punch, there's a technique, and it is, boxing is to get is to hit and not get hit. So not only is it throwing punches properly and setting punches up and getting your time and you're figuring out how you're going to beat your opponent, you also have to duck their punches, okay? Going into the fight, I thought Triple G was overrated. I still think he's overrated, but not as not to the extent I did before. I thought Can- I honestly thought Canelo was going to beat him very badly because Canelo is a really good boxer. Um, and Golovkin's not really fought anybody that, I, that, I, that is impressive to me um, until now. Um, he's got a lot of heart. He has a heavy chin. He's uh, he's good. He's 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 good. I I he's I I say he's still overrated because a lot of people were like, oh, he's gonna knock Canelo out. I was like, there's no way in the world he's gonna knock Canelo Alvarez out. If y'all think he's gonna knock Canelo Alvarez out, either y'all ain't never seen Canelo Alvarez fight or y'all don't know what boxing is because there's no way in the, Canelo Alvarez has one of the best chins in the business. He's one of the best boxers in the business. He's a tough Mexican style fighter and um. Golovkin is very busy and very aggressive, but there's no way he was knocking Canelo out. So, I watched the fight. I agree that it's a draw. I'll tell you why. First three rounds with the Canelo, the last round with the Canelo, um, uh, Golovkin was 
went, won some of those middle rounds, but he didn't win every one. And here's why y'all don't understand why that's a draw. Because, and here's why I call y'all casual fans of boxing. Because I understand that there are judges out there who score for being busy, who score for moving forward, who score for throwing a lot of punches. I get that. But the part that y'all don't really understand is the reason that you should be moving forward and you should be throwing a lot of punches is to land them. The game of boxing is to hit and not be hit. It's not the game of just throw a lot of punches. That's why at the end of the fight, they always show you the the punch statistics. And the main statistic they show you is shots landed because that's what's important. Because if we are fighting and you throw 100 punches, but you only land three, but I threw 10 punches, way less, way less busy, but I hit you eight times. You cannot go and tell anybody that you beat me in a fight because you threw more punches. That's not what it is. I hit you eight times. Both your eyes are black. You didn't hit me. You hit me three times, and two of those were glazing blows. That's, Grenady was, Golovkin was very, was moving forward. He threw a lot of punches. Most of those punches did not land. Canelo was ducking a great deal of those punches. And not only was he ducking a great deal, he was countering those punches with three, four, five, six, seven punch combos that were landing square on on Golovkin's chin. Golovkin has a strong chin because he walked straight through a lot of them punches. He didn't give a fuck about a lot of them punches. I give him credit for that. He, He walked through punches that Canelo has put other guys down with. However, the fact still remains that Canelo was connecting with those punches, and Golovkin was not. If you watch that fight again, you will see, yes, Golovkin was coming forward. He had Canelo on the ropes a lot of times, but even when he had Canelo on the ropes, he was not connecting with a lot of those punches. Canelo was moving, he was dipping, he was sliding, he he would throw that straight left, and Canelo would turn to the right, but he wasn't just the... Floyd dips and dodges and doesn't get hit, and he doesn't he doesn't always throw punches right back. Sometimes that's why a lot of people don't like Floyd. They say he's boring because he'll dip and dodge, which is a skill, but he might not all the time hit you back or hit you like real quick too and move again. That's why people don't. I mean, he's skillful. It's, it's, it takes a lot of skill to do that, but that's why a lot of people don't like. Floyd, because they like, all he does is run, not really, but if you don't know what you're looking at, it's what it looks like, but Canelo was ducking, and then he was popping him, he was landing, if you watch that fight, he was hitting him with uppercuts, he was hitting him with crosses, he wasn't busy, he wasn't moving forward, and he wasn't pressing the action, because it looked to me like he was waiting, because Golovkin was throwing, 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 missing, 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 and usually, when you throw and miss like that, it takes a lot of energy out, you start getting tired, and I think Canelo was waiting, just like Floyd did with, um, whatever, the clown that he fought, the UFC guy, uh, Conor McGregor, just like Floyd did with McGregor, he was just waiting, waited till he got winded, then pop, 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 was peppering, I think that's what Canelo was doing, but Golovkin was in outstanding shape, and just never got tired, and kept pressing forward, so, if you're a judge, who, there are judges out there, who judge for that, oh, he was the more big fighter, he was the more, you heard Max Kellerman saying that a lot, he's a busy fighter, he's an active fighter, there are judges that'll give you points for that. I hate those judges, and I hate those fights, because what is that? Okay, you're busy, you're active, I get it. But boxing is about hitting and not being hit. That shit looks good to people watching. It looks really good, but you're not hitting me. You're not hitting me, and I'm ducking, and then as soon as you're done with all that, pop, pop, I connect twice. I step to the side, pop, I come up. I'm, I'm killing you in there. And that's, if you watch that fight again, Canelo was killing him in there. So all this, oh, he was, uh, Canelo was the hammer. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. And y'all ain't know what y'all looking at because them punches were not landing. And, and you ain't got to take my word for it. Look at the punch statistics. Canelo landed 45% of his shots. Um, Golovkin landed, I think, 27 or 30, something like that. That's not even half. Canelo landed almost half of his shots through 12 rounds. Golovkin didn't. That's, 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 so that's why that was, fit. now, I will say this, that 118-110 score, that was nonsense, the fight was way closer than that, Golovkin won a, a lot, he won a lot of the middle rounds, he won four, five, six, um, it was a couple rounds in there that, that went to Canelo, besides the 12th round, so that's your draw right there, but just because that score is off, it don't mean that you couldn't give Canelo, personally, I gave Canelo that fight, I would, the way I score, I understand why people would give it to uh, rounds to Golovkin, I get that. But personally, I look for landing. And so, just be, it was might not have been 118-110, but 
it's not crazy that she gave Canelo that fight because if you're somebody who looks for punches landed, you got to give Canelo that fight. He landed more punches, and Golovkin was not hit. Golovkin threw, he was doing eight, nine, ten punches, maybe two landed, and, and, and they were glancing blows. He hit Canelo flush a few times, a couple times, but he didn't hurt him. So, it was a draw. It was a good draw. I think I think it was an excellent draw because if you got, if it depending on if you look for the guy who's giving the power shots and who's connecting, you're going to give it to Canelo. If you're giving the guy who's being aggressive and throwing a lot of punches and moving forward and pressing the action, which Golovkin was, Golovkin definitely was doing that. If Canelo would have been busier, if Canelo would have been busier, he would have won that fight easy because he was, he was connecting on Golovkin. He would have won that fight easy if he would have been busy. But again, I think he was trying to tire him out. Then you're going to give it to Golovkin. That's a draw. It really depends on how you sco- how what you look for, but that was a close, close fight. Draw was perfect. Rematch. Let's see what happens. It's probably going to be a three flight series. Let's see what happens. But I give Golovkin credit because I didn't think he was that good. I thought he was overrated because I ain't never the people he been beating. I I just wasn't really impressed with. And just in general, it's going to be a racist statement. White fighters until you beat a black fighter or a Mexican fighter, you just not real to me because they just put them in there with a bunch of white boys. And for some reason, you know everybody in boxing the great white hope. Anytime a white guy can fight at all, they make him the best thing in the world. You know Rocky Marciano beat Joe Louis. You know you know how they do. So. I never give, I ain't never, I pay white fighters dust until they beat a Mexican, a good Mexican fighter or a good African American fighter or a black, I should just say a good black fighter or a good Mexican fighter because until then you ain't real to me because we all know where the, where the skill set is and um, so, but he hung in there I thought, I really, I thought Canelo was going to get him out of there I was like, these niggas that's betting on Glover about to lose all their money, because these niggas do not watch fights, and for some reason because that just shows you how good Floyd is because when he lost to Mayweather people decided that he couldn't fight nah, Mayweather's just that good he's just that good that he made Canelo look like he couldn't fight, but I will say, Canelo has improved his defense drastically, because I was shocked by how many of those punches he was ducking, he was ducking the shit out of those punches, he was rolling, he was dipping, he was slipping, he was turning, his defense has improved dramatically, he's always been a good boxer, always, but his defense is is top notch now, like, he looked really good, so, this rematch, um, you know, hold on, it's gonna be a good fight, but that was definitely a draw, it was not, there was, you know, the 110, 118, I'm not defending that, but all these people was like, oh, he got robbed, no way, no way, no way, you don't know what you're looking at if you think he got robbed, you better watch that fight again, watch that fight again, and don't look at how many punches was thrown, look at how many landed, not many, and like I said, you ain't gotta take my word for it, just, just forward fast to the end when they put up the statistics, and you'll see what I'm talking about, so, yeah, that's all I want to say on that. Um, so there's um, a recommendation I wanted to give real quick. Again, there's no shows up, so we're still not too much to talk about in that area. But on PBS, all this week, they're doing a... Um, so Ken Burns is a documentary uh, filmmaker, and he did his real, most famous one that he did was on the Civil War. It's really good. If you, It's on PBS. You could probably Google it or YouTube it. It's really good. Well, now he has one on, Viet, on the Vietnam War, and it started on Monday... And they're up to part three today. So I, I, I saw part one, but then I, um, I DVR day two because uh, hip hop uh, honors came on, which I'll, I'll go into that next. But um, watch it. It's really good because I had heard when I, you know, I was born after the Vietnam War, but I was in the Marines and, and different places, different history classes and stuff, books I've read. And, and I always hear people say that the United States really, um, Everything really started going with wrong with us with the Vietnam War. And I never really understood. I mean, I just always took it to mean because we didn't win that war. I mean, you know, we fought them to a draw. But fighting the Union, we're the most powerful military in the world. If we can't beat you, then we lost, right? So I just always thought they meant like that. Oh, well, that's because, you know, we won World War One, we won World War Two. Up until that point, anytime we came in, that was it. Gun, done dollar, like, you go home because, you know, we're going to win. Um, but we didn't win. Vietnam, so when they said that's where it all went wrong, I just always thought they were talking about, you know, we lost, but it's so much deeper than that, because it's where 
it's where well it's first of all a war that was run by politicians and not by military because World War One and World War Two yeah you had the president and all of that but Eisenhower and all them guys they were veterans from other wars right World War One and, and different wars they had military experience and so this was the first war that was won by politicians that had no military experience and the reason why I say I feel like uh, military experience should be uh, required for politicians is because politicians have the ability to to authorize war. And if you're going to authorize people to go die, you need to know what that means. Second of all, first of all, and second of all, there are mistakes that you make when you don't have military experience that you do not make when you do. And it, this was just a perfect observ- uh, demonstration of that. So they showed. Um, so Bob McNamara was an architect of the, of the Vietnam War, and they showed how he ca- because the story was we were winning, we were winning the war, we were winning the war, but the people in Vietnam, the soldiers and the people in the ambassadors and advisors in Vietnam were like, we are not winning this war, we are losing this war horribly, and the reason why Washington was saying they were winning the war is because they were saying, well, we had an objective, we wanted to take the field, and we took the field, and we killed more of them than they did of ours, and, you know, they were using data, like, they would show that Bob McNamara had a, had a, had a, sheet that told him how many they how many of ours was killed, how many of their record, how many of our weapons we recovered, how many of their weapons we recovered. But that don't mean you are winning. You that don't we are the most powerful country in a nation. Yeah, if we come through we might kill more of y'all, but every 10 of y'all we kill, here come 20 more. Every 20 of y'all we kill, here come 40. You're never going to stop fighting us because North Vietnamese and and it really breaks down all this time you thought the South Vietnamese were the good guys. You got to watch this special really shows what the basically North Vietnamese were fighting for independence because Vietnam had been colonized by the French, and the French had went through their own version of Vietnam, and the, and the Vietnamese got them up out of there, But and that should have been a lesson, but the United States just came in like, oh, well, we're special, we're American, y'all might have beat the French, but y'all can't beat us, because we're Americans, and they came in, and they basically did the same shit that the French did, and had the same results, um, so Vietnam was colonized by the French, and it was, anybody who's familiar with colonization, it's the same thing, so all the diplomats and rich people were in the south, and the people up in the north and the villages were starving. The cities, though, they built like Paris, and everybody la-di-da, and, you know, driving nice cars, and the president was propped up by the U.S., and keeping all the money for himself, and he was started cracking down on the monks and on Buddhism, or, was it Buddhism? Yeah, Buddhism, whatever that religion is, because there's Buddhism and there's... Uh, not the shit they do in Japan. Yeah, Buddhism. He started he started um, cracking down on the monks and just they were trying to they were just crushing the Vietnamese culture and spirit and trying to for this colonialism. And the North Vietnamese was like, nah. They wanted to be independent. They wanted to be independent. They fought the French for their independence. Ho Chi Minh had traveled the world. He came back. Now they're gonna fight the America. Like basically. America really, and they said this in the documentary, America really should have been on the side of the North Vietnamese because we were a colony that fought for independence. We wanted to be free. We wanted to be free of the colonial yoke, and that's what the Vietnamese did. They was like, man, we want y'all up out of our shit. We ain't French. Y'all been here too long. Um, this is not your country. Go to back, fuck back where you came from, and we want our shit back. And that's what the North Vietnamese was fighting for. And the South Vietnamese was basically a puppet government. They wasn't about that life. They was propped up by France. They was paid, you know, they wanted to keep their fancy stuff and, you know, keep living in their nice houses and keep front and like, you know, a a colony of French. And and the village people was like, fuck that. And so the village people was about that life. And they was fighting. So when you fighting for somebody that is fighting for independence, that's fighting for their way of life, that believes and what they're doing, and it's not afraid of you, and don't care how many they gotta throw at you, they're gonna just keep doing it until you go, and you, down south, nice and fluffy, and in your nice suits, and drinking your little coffee, and eating, you know, talking your little French, and, and, and taking all the money, you can't beat that. And that's the side the U.S. took, and the U.S. took that side, because um, at the time, it was th- it's not so much that they cared about Vietnam, and I don't know, this, this might be legit, but they were afraid that once communism was established, if Vietnam fell, then all of Southeast Asia was going to fall. And at the time, this is the Cold War. It's after World War II, where it's the Western, free Western society versus communist Russia society. And we didn't, they already had enough territories it was, and we were trying to spread Western democracy. We didn't want communism to spread. So the thought was, we don't know, we don't really care that Vietnam, Vietnam is, is communist or not, but if they fall, Laos will fall, Cambodia will fall, Thailand will fall, and, and who knows, next thing we know, the whole world might be communist. So that's why they didn't want to let Vietnam go. 
So that's explained really well. But it's really good. It, it's it just struck me as like, yo, you when you don't when you have leaders that don't have military experience, what you get is Iraq, Afghanistan, and Vietnam. P- poorly fought wars, bad strategy. Like they have, and it's very it's on both sides. Like they have North Vietnamese soldiers talking too. And and what comes across is that you know the United States went in very arrogant. They went in white man arrogant. Thought these people were slow and backwards and unsophisticated. And the North Viet Cong was bowed it, bowed it. North Viet Cong got busy. They was reclaiming their time. They was fucking us up. We might have killed more of them than they did us, but they got us and they just replenished. And every time we would bomb a village, we just made more enemies. Like they, they, the, Viet, the North Vietnamese was bowed about it. They fought guerrilla warfare. We were not prepared for it. We, we were fighting it like a conventional war. Everything that you're not supposed to do, to everything that you're supposed to do to to stop guerrilla warfare, we fair we did not do. Everything that you're not supposed to do, every textbook, this does not work against guerrilla warfare is what we did. So basically, guerrilla warfare is if you can't win or your forces are too strong, you flee. You don't fight. We ain't doing that brave shit because we can't win it. If we can get you, if we can if we can trap you, if we can trick you and ambush you, we're going to do that, we're going to dig all these tunnels so you're not going to be able to see us, we're going to move our, it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's basically how you fight when, when you're facing an overwhelming army with more men, more supplies, more money, and more capabilities, this is how you beat them, you don't meet them head on, you're not going to stand a chance, you'll get wiped out, you fight guerrilla warfare, and that's what they did, and they did it brilliantly, and the United States just never adjusted, we never made, we just kept on making the same mistakes over and over and over. We never adjusted. We didn't want to listen to our advisors. We thought we knew better. We, um, you know, it's just great. It's a good series. It, it, it gives you a lot of history. It, get, it goes into the French history of, like, the, what led to them kicking our ass. Because by the time the United States went over there fresh, by the time we got there, the Vietnamese had already been battling for their independence against the French for, like, 10, 15 years. So it was just like, hey, we could just keep this up. We can keep banging. Like, we've been doing this. We already kicked one country out. We can kick y'all out, too. We came over there, like, you know, not knowing nothing about the country, not knowing about nothing about the people, just like, you know, we just going to come in, and Vietnamese have been fighting. They have been hard. They have been had the tunnels dug and, and all and all the strategy and everything. So, highly recommend. It's on PBS, Ken Burns, The Vietnam War. Outstanding. Um, also, uh, give a shout-out to the Hip Hop Honors. It came on. It didn't get advertised. I don't even know how... I knew it came on. I think I just happened to be watching. V- yeah, that's what it was. I was watching uh, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, and I saw that it was coming on next, so I watched it. A lot of people had complaints. I mean, I get it. It was rushed, but it was an hour. The '90s was the greatest decade ever. It's the last great decade. It was great. It was a golden era for every genre of music, for everything. It's like I told y'all last week. Y'all millennials, y'all like to laugh and joke, and I don't even bother with y'all because the '90s we made the culture, and all everything y'all doing now is because of us. Everything that y'all wear, everything that y'all do, everything that y'all listen to is because of what we did in the '90s. We built this culture. We made shit fly. All the fly shit we did that y'all just redoing now that y'all swear y'all just so hot like. Nigga, you only know what that shit is because we made that shit hot. So, the only complaint, I mean, you know, it could have been better, but it was an hour. Everybody wanted everything. Yo, the deck, you could, the 90s was so lit that you could have do an hour special, like just on Wu-Tang, or just on Oz, or just on, you know, Salt and Pepper, or it's so many different ways you could take. The 90s was everything, like Mariah Carey, they had Mariah, it's so much you could do. Like, it was Janet, it's, it's no way, you know, you could cover the whole 90s in one hour so it was gonna be rushed Tiana Taylor came out there dancing the boot um only only thing I didn't like and and next time if y'all wanna do it let a nigga know the people in the audience did not know them songs. They had, I don't know who them kids wasn't at all. They, they wasn't fit. They just wasn't, y'all should have had niggas that grew up in the 90s that really appreciated that shit in there. Then it would have been really live. Them niggas in there, they ain't know half the words. Lil' Kim came out, and, and when Lil' Kim came out, like Monica and the star, Kelly Rowland and the stars, like to the side, was more hype than the crowd because they knew, like, oh shit, this Lil' Kim, hot damn ho. The crowd was looking like, who auntie is this? I don't, who is this? I don't. What is this song? Is is that Beyonce? Like who is it? I don't I don't know who that was. Like they just so next time, like have people that really know the songs and appreciate the songs. Mace came out, niggas was like, Who is who's that? Is that future? Like they just they wasn't into it. So but other than that, you know, I thought it was decent for what it was. Like 
I mean, if you're gonna really cover the '90s, you need like a mini series, like an HBO mini series type joint. Like that's how much occurred during the 90s and that's just for hip hop nigga it was a golden age for rock it was a golden age for pop It was the 90s was a lot man the 90s was the last great decade the 80s was cool too I was a kid in the 80s I was a teen in, in, in 20s and the 90s them, them 20 years is like them two decades in America it don't get no better than that I'm sorry it really don't as far as pop culture goes just the best, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Madonna, all alive and in their prime at the same time, Bobby Brown, BBD, uh, Heavy D, Run DMC, uh, Wu-Tang, Nas, Biggie, Jay-Z, uh, Eric B and Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, like, uh, just, it, it's, uh, Roxanne Shantae, MC Light Queen, Latifah, so much, and that's just the hip-hop, not to mention the movies, the, it's, the, listen, Y'all, this shit y'all doing now, I, you know, yeah, whatever. Y'all, y'all ain't doing it like we did it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, on to the style portion. Y'all have told me y'all like this. Thank you. I appreciate it. I like doing it. So, I don't really have no sneaks for y'all today. I wanted, I, I the, remember, so remember the Reeboks I told y'all that I, about last week? I got them joints. They on the way. Um, so, I don't regret telling y'all that, because I, I was worried, I was like, these niggas gonna go out and get these shits, and they gonna be sold out, but they weren't, um, I don't have no, like, specific shoe, um, suggestion, but there's a lot of, uh, oh, sorry, there's a lot of, um, Jordans that are gonna drop, check the release calendar, coming out for Christmas, they always got stuff out, but what I wanted to say was, like, guys, fellas, gather around, because I want y'all to win, I want y'all to do well, because I like anybody that, you know, goes out and tries to put on a suit, and tries to look nice, and ain't out here looking like a bum, and get their shit altered and tailored, and care about their appearance, I, I admire that, and I, you know, that's, that's good, because, you know, a lot of y'all just out here don't care, but like, if you're gonna do it, do it, do the research, all of y'all, not stylist, y'all don't have taste, y'all don't really know you, you know like how like I guess y'all look at magazines or whatever and you try to recreate that but you don't quite get it, a lot of y'all are out here and your jeans are way too tight and they're way too high and they're not the right jeans, they're the wrong color then you got on brown shoes and black belt, nigga black belt, black shoes brown belt, brown shoes, match your belt to your shoes, that is a basic, and then you, y'all want to argue about it, listen, you don't have, if you are, I know that you don't know anything about style, if you are arguing against black belt, because that is like kindergarten basic shit, everybody knows that, match your belt to your shoes, get your suit altered, you can have a flooded hem, but a, a flooded hem should not be more, and this is like extreme, like you just extreme going super modern look, and actually this flooded hem is kind of going out now, but whatever, I'll, y'all insist and fine, it should never be more than an inch above the, I don't know what it's called, but you, the, the welt, so when you put your foot in the shoe, and you tie the part around your ankle, that, that rim around your ankle, it should never be more than an inch above that, if it's anything above that, you're wearing high waters, and you look ridiculous, okay really a flooded hem means that it just stops just above that part of your shoes, like so like where your foot goes into your shoe, like where your ankle part just above, just enough to like kind of hover over the top of your shoe, that's a flooded hem, really but again, if you want to be super extra you could do it an inch above, but y'all out here with three and four inches up with the bell bottoms flapping in the wind, you look ridiculous. Your pants are too tight. Um, it, you know, if you want to wear a blazer and jeans, fine, but, you know, you got to get the dark, it got to be, it got to look, you can't just put on them Kirkland Signature Dad jeans and throw a blazer on it, think you're going to look nice. Get your blazer altered, Okay. After Labor Day, you can't wear them summer colors no more. You can get a winter white, but like them pastels and pinks, I don't care if it's hot outside. Just want to wear a thinner material. But y'all, it just it's just a rule. After Labor Day, the pastels and all that got to go away, okay? These ties, like some, just because you, I know y'all looking on NFL, whatever, and y'all seeing all these patterns, and they got checks on stripes on polka dots. Them niggas look crazy too. Like, 
something in your outfit has to be doing it. First of all, you need a base. Okay, and your base doesn't have to be a neutral color. Most times it is people pick a neutral color, especially for men. You're going to have, you know, your blue, whatever. Something in your outfit has to be the anchor. It has to anchor the outfit. It's the main thing. It don't have to be a solid. Like, you can take, you can take a camouflage print and that be your anchor, and you just build off of that. You got to, you know, mix and match it, but you understand, like, there has to be one thing that everything else is working off. You can't, everything can't be doing something like some of y'all got on like y'all got on the check pants, the, the striped shirt, then your jacket got stripes, then you got the, the the lapel pin, then you got the handkerchief with the dot. That's you just doing too much. That's too much. One thing got to do the talking. So if it's gonna be your your pocket square, let it be your pocket square. Then you don't need that fucking flashlight lapel pin. You look crazy. Okay, if it's gonna be your tie, then let it be your tie. But like y'all, everything all over the place. Y'all got the tie clip. Y'all got the pin. Y'all, it's you look crazy. It's too much. Okay, um, you know, get the right cut of your suit. Like you know, two buttons tops. Two, some people three. Two buttons tops. Y'all got eight buttons. It's too much. Like, look when you look through the GQ and all that, like, don't try to improvise, just get, go to the store, ask somebody, ask the lady in your life, like, and take their advice, like, stop trying to argue everything, y'all look crazy out here, like, if she tell you that you're doing too much, you probably are doing too much, and if you don't trust her, go into the store, they got dressers and they got shoppers in there that'll help you coordinate your outfit, if they tell you don't wear suspenders with a belt, you don't wear suspenders with a belt, cut the tag off your jacket, or if it wasn't supposed to be there, they wouldn't put it there, they put it there for the manufacturer, they put it there for the store, you're not supposed to wear that tag on your sleeve, you're supposed to cut that off, you're supposed to cut the vents on your jacket, when you get your jacket, your vents will be sewed up, you're supposed to cut that off, okay, cut them loose so that your vents can fly, alright, get your vents on the side, some jackets got vents in the, in the middle. I get your vent on the side. That's the standard, you know. Um, get good shoes, not these cheap H and M shoes. They look cheap. If polish your shoes, unless you got some of them rustic looks. Um, if you're wearing a suit, you should have on hard bottom shoes. I see a lot of y'all out here with like these casual shoes. I guess y'all think because they sold in the shoe section that that means that they're fancy. They're not. Again, when I was when I was starting out, and I was just trying to figure out like. What looks good, what looks fly with the style. I just got a GQ or Vogue or L, whatever. And I started looking in there, and that's when I figured out, you know, reading it. Okay, these, this is this is how an Armani suit looks. This is how the Italian cut suit looks. This is how the British cut suit looks. Oh, this is what French style is. This is what British, the Italian style. These are the differences. You, you know, do that. And just, just start there. Find an outfit you like and just match that. Don't improvise. Don't switch it up. Just start there, and then as you go, you'll start, you know, learning different things, and you'll be able to adapt. I want y'all to look nice, and, and now a lot of y'all out here doing a good job, don't get me wrong, but, you know, some of y'all, like, y'all try, I can see y'all trying, I see y'all making an effort, but y'all missing, so, you know, just try a little harder, like, just, you know, get your tie right, get the right material, don't buy them cheap polyester suits if you can't afford it, you know, you just be better off just saving up to get you one good suit and, you know, just rotate you out a couple shirts, you know, but, you know, I just, I just, today on the train, this dude, this white guy, he was a good-looking white tie dude, he was tall, he had on some jeans, they jeans was way too tight, they was high waters, then he had on, like, some tobacco, or no, like a, um, like a pecan-colored tan shoes with some blue socks, with a black belt, with a, with a, tan, like, a summer tan blazer, not even a suit jacket, a blazer with a sweater vest with a tie, with a shirt that was pulled, he just with some glass, he just looked a mess you could tell he thought he looked good, you could tell he thought he was doing it, and listen, some of y'all wives and girlfriends don't got taste either, they have y'all out here looking crazy, so again if you don't want to look in the GQs go to the stores, ask the person, ask the lady, hey what tie goes with this, and then take her advice like don't argue, like, just do what she says but you can never go wrong matching your tie to your pocket square, and when I say match, I don't mean like if the tie is orange the pocket square got to be orange, but make sure it doesn't clash, so if, you know, if you got an orange and white striped tie, you can do like, you know uh I don't even want to tell y'all that, cause y'all don't stick with orange, alright, just, just stick with the basics until you can improvise, alright your socks 
everybody into the popping socks. That's good. Make sure they match. Um, don't do your stripes in your chest. You can do, you can mix patterns, but you gotta, it's a skill. Like, you gotta know which ones you can mix and which ones you can't. And a lot of y'all don't. And you gotta know which patterns you can mix and which patterns you can't. And a lot of y'all don't. And it's no shame in that. Like, that's, it's a skill. Like, to be able to, it's, I can't explain it, but just your eye, if I look at somebody and my and my eye it's just all over the place, you can't settle on something like, oh, he looks like, because you just eyes, because you just got everything on, and it's like, what the fuck? It's, it's not put together, and that's how a lot of y'all are. It's like, do I look at the tie clip? Do I look at this pocket square? Do I look at the tie? Do I look at the socks? What is this pattern? Oh, he got checks and stripes. Oh, and the polka dot, and then he got this watch. That's another thing, these watches. Oh, my God. Like, your watch gotta, if that's, if that's gonna be your, if, if your watch is gonna be your piece, then your watch has to, it has to lay against what you are doing, so if you have on a black, nice, you know, uh, black's kind of formal, say you got on a nice dark blue suit, and you wanna wear your nice gold Rolex or whatever, then that's, that's gonna be your, your pop, so just let that be it, don't have a bunch, you don't need all the patterns and all the other stuff, that's your, that's your pop, so now you got your blue suit, get you a nice little, you know, tie that kind of doesn't clash with the watch, the pocket square, or whatever, like, just, again, go to, go, look, just flip through GQ, or flip through whatever, and that's mad basic, but I'm just trying to get y'all started, or, you know, just go online, Google Tom Ford, or Google, you know, designers, and see how they put their stuff together, a good thing to do is, like, find your favorite celebrity or whatever and Google, like, if, you know, if, if they go to an award show or something, and I'll tell you who's usually dressed really well. George, um, Ryan Gosling dresses really well. George Clooney dresses really well. Old boy that played James Bond, um, usually his suits look really good. Um, Chris Brown, believe it or not, when he wears a suit, just usually put together well. Like, just do that. Just find the celebrities that look, you know, and, and just match that. I want y'all to win out here, and I, and, and I see y'all trying, but y'all, y'all swinging and missing and, and a lot, and, you know, all right, so, do that, and then, um, yeah, sorry, I don't have, well, I, I, I will say, um, there's some new Air Vapor, uh, Air Nike Vapor Max is coming out, oh, and I wanted to remark, so I guess Adidas moved past Jordan brand for number two, and Adidas losing their mind, like, you don't get credit for what you're supposed to do, like, Adidas and Nike are the two major brands, I didn't even realize that y'all weren't number two, don't nobody wear Jordan brand, so, y'all just have been making ugly sneakers, and now y'all got all these Nike designers, and y'all making the boost, those, um, not them Yeezy joints, but, like, those, uh, uh, Adidas boosts are really dope, um, you know, so, yeah, like, y'all should have been number two, like, I didn't even know y'all weren't, so, um, you know, Nike is still number one, and I think Nike is gonna be number one, just because, you know, they're Nike, but the, um, Air Vapo Maxes are coming out, and some dope colors coming out soon, the Sprites, I'll put these on my Instagram, the Sprites are coming out, and there's a couple more, um, colors that are coming out, so, those are real comfortable, um, check them out, um, and then, yeah, that's it, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have, I haven't, had time to really go through my kicks today and, and come up with y'all recommendations. I apologize. I gave y'all a whole lot last week, though. I gave y'all the Reeboks and all the A-Blows. Hopefully, y'all was able to see that on my Instagram. It's Genghis Kells on Instagram. Um, so, I'll put some up there for this. Um, yeah, if y'all could do me a favor, follow me on Instagram. Um, your girl's trying to get these... Um, I'm trying to do a couple things. And one of the things I'm trying to do is I want to get, like one of these, like, brand ambassadorships or brand endorsements, and, um, I get, like, interest, but then they be like, well, let me see an Instagram page, and I don't have, I have way less Instagram page, uh, followers, and I have Twitter, and nobody don't give a fuck about Twitter, so, if y'all can go follow me, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this style thing, to kind of drop y'all to my page, so if y'all can go follow me on Instagram, I really appreciate it, and I really don't put a whole lot on there, but I will be putting, um, stuff that I like up there, so if y'all could, uh, do that, that'd be great, also check me out on Bumpers at Genghis Kells, um, y'all know I do my little mini, uh, podcast there, the last one I did was the It Review, I was gonna do the fight on there, but then I ain't know what I was gonna talk about on here, so I put it over here, um, yeah, so this is episode 120, thanks for asking, uh, Kel's Radio, and once again, I have gotten to the end, uh, what am I gonna call this, I swear, this is like, I've been on a terrible run of, like, not having, I usually have titles by the end, um, Huh. Well, as always, um, it'll be posted. And sorry, last week, I know I got it up late. Um, the train, it, I had a, last week, the damn 
I don't know what happened. The drains wasn't running, so it just threw, I, they give you the notification. So it threw my morning off. I had to leave earlier than I thought, and I had to walk over to the 4 or 5. So sorry, I, I intended to have it up on time, and I didn't mean to have to work all day and make y'all wait. So um, sorry about that. But that's going to happen from time to time. Oh, and I almost forgot. Damn, I'm bugging. So I have been told over and over and over and over again that I should put up um, a site and seek donations. And I didn't want to do it because... I, y'all know how niggas are. They give you money and then they start. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do, like making demands? And I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Like I'm gonna take y'all, I'm take y'all suggestions and I take y'all, you know, because y'all listeners, I take what y'all want to hear into consideration. But like as far as the creative control and what I want this to be, I don't want nobody feeling like they can tell me what to do because they donated money. But I just, I think I need to get the program because I be on Twitter and I be on Instagram and I be seeing people asking for every money for everything so they fly outs to they tuition and all kind of shit and getting it so you know if you like this podcast um you know I'm always it takes a lot of equipment I do this myself um I'm gonna start having guests again but I need one more piece of equipment this should cost money and I have other other bills so it's on patreon which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n and you go on there and you look for Kells Radio I didn't put it under thanks for asking the Kells Radio if you wanna go on there and you wanna donate whatever I, no pressure. I appreciate it. I will use all of that money for this podcast, though. So the update equipment, get this, uh, you know, different stuff to make this a little bit better, and then I'll be able to um, have start having guests again. Because right now, the um, the piece of equipment that I need to make the guests sound really good, um, the one I had is not working, and I just don't want to, you know, I want y'all to have the quality sound. So, and it'll also improve on this sound. I got a new mic, but. Um, I want to get this new software. So anyway, long story short, if y'all want to go ahead and, and, and donate, if you don't, that's cool. But it's just up. I'm just getting with the program. Everybody told me just do it. And, you know, so it's up. Patreon, Kells Radio. Um, and it'll help, you know, improve this podcast. And once again, um, my Twitter personal is at KMGZ. The podcast Twitter is at thanks underscore for asking without G. And emails, thanks for asking podcast at gmail.com. We don't never get no emails, but if it's y'all want to show, like if y'all know some flash things coming out or want to ask me about something or, you know, did I see this or did I see that or want me to review a, a certain kick or movie or whatever the case, you know, email me or hit me on Twitter, whatever the case. Please like me on SoundCloud. I got all these directions for y'all, huh? <laughs> Please like me on SoundCloud, like me on iTunes. iTunes, I see a lot of y'all have. I appreciate it. All right, and that's it. Thanks for listening to Thanks for Asking, and um, see y'all next week. Peace.